Atomicast. Hello, Atomics, hey, and welcome to Atomicast. This Atomicast was recorded live in the Facebook group, and if you are watching live, you can ask us any questions you have at the end of the live show, and then this main part of the podcast will be uploaded to the podcast player. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to launch something big, and essentially, we are going to be talking all about our Atomicon launch strategy, because we have got now over 500 tickets, approaching on 550 tickets, not counting every day, yes we are, sold for Atomicon, and we basically did it with a big launch. So firstly, we want to kind of distinguish between small launches versus big launches, because we even did a few episodes on this, on, on Atomicast, but we've talked about it a lot in Atomic, how big launches aren't necessarily the be-all and end-all. Like, we don't think you should put all your eggs into the big launch basket, as as it, as it, as it, as it were. Thank you. Thank you. And rather than doing that, you should kind of spread over the over the year smaller launches. So we've kind of got this consistent sales engine that is selling whatever we've got to sell on a more consistent basis. But big launches sometimes are still applicable, right, Pete? Yes, sometimes you just need a big launch. And especially if it is something new, something exciting. So we're talking about events. We're talking about a book launch. We're talking about a new program that you have that you're launching or a new product that you have or a membership that you're launching. If it's something new, if it's something exciting, then you might as well give up your all and do a big launch. If you're excited about it, let's get everyone else excited about it and let's sell it as much as we can. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk through our Atomicon launch strategy with you. And this is something that we've been doing for years and years, and it helped us sell out our Atomicon the first time we launched it in like five days. Um, so it definitely works. And now we've got like a super big ass venue. So we need to sell loads and loads of tickets. And this is the strategy that we've used to launch to sell a ton of tickets. And we think this can be tailored to you and how you can launch something. And at the very least, you're probably going to get an, an idea that you've not thought about before or an idea that you could incorporate on either some of your big launches or some of your smaller launches too. Yes. So a bit of a caveat here, because we have literally just made a list of all the different things that we did that we want to run through with you. We want to tell you why we did it, how we did it, ask any questions, answer any questions even that you've got about it. Yeah. But like the big caveat first that we wanted to give is... When you hear the, this list, you're going to think, oh, wow, that's a lot of work. And like, yes, it is. That's why it's a big launch and not a small launch. It is a lot of work doing any kind of big launch. And you need to be organized with it. So we were very scheduled with our time. We gave ourselves a ton of time to prep for the big launch. Months. Months. This isn't about half-assing it. There is lots of moving parts to a big launch. It's not something that you're going to do like the week before or the week of. It's something that you need to put time and effort into. When we used to do it for Atomicon, it was pretty much just me and Pete doing it ourselves. And it was a lot of work and it was stressful. It was a little bit stressful. So clear the diary on launch week and the few weeks before launch week. Like there's no point in doing anything else during your launch week other than launching. 
But like, this is the point. Like when there's a big payoff, like selling out an event or filling your membership or selling out your program, like it's it's worth it. It's worth it if it pays off. But if it's the first time you do it, you might not knock it out of the park. So that's why we are big advocates of constantly launching smaller things and doing those smaller launches. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it as well. But big launch, Pete. What are we doing? We've got our list. All right. How are we doing this? How are we smashing it? How are we taking over the world? Yes. I'm getting excited. Okay. All right. I will. (laughs) So in no particular order, this is a whole bunch of stuff we've done, right? Firstly, number one, I'm just kidding. We reached out to our audience, our whole list, and we asked them if they'd like to help us promote Atomicon in advance. And we offered a £1,000 bonus to one lucky person who would help promote us. So essentially, hey, do you want to promote Atomicon? If you do, one person is going to win £1,000 as a thank you. Technically, how we did this was really simple as well. We just wrote an email to our whole list and we were just very honest. You probably got it. You could probably go back and find this email. It said, hey, we're gearing up for our Atomicon launch. Atomicon has been very stressful for us in the past few years because we've had this little pandemic thing going on, which has meant people don't really want to come to events. However, we're super confident that the June the June 2023 event is gonna be freaking awesome. We've got a ton of amazing speakers. Like, would you be willing to help us promote it? All you have to do if you are is like click here and we'll send you some more information. And that click tagged them in our active campaign. They were just tagged Atomicon 23 promoter. So we knew and we had about, I think there was about 100 people that were, that said, yeah, you know what, guys, I will help you promote this. Yeah. And it's super nice. Like people do actually want to help you. You just have to ask. And for everyone that did support us, like, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. But you could also do this yourself. You will have people in your audience that just want to cheer you on, be supportive, and help you out as much as possible. Like, people are nice. And if you allow them and you help them and you give them assets and you say, hey, this is what I want you to say, then you just make it easy for them to help you. And obviously, you can offer some kind of bonus. It doesn't have to be as much as a thousand pounds. But, you know, anything that you can do just sweetens the deal and makes them know that, you know, you are uh, you are grateful of that. We also told our affiliates well, well in advance as well. People that had already registered on our Atomic and Atomicon affiliate scheme. They knew that the launch was coming. They had the week booked out in their diary ready to go. Anyone that clicked to um, become an Atomicon promoter, they also got an automatic email that said, thank you so much. If you're not an affiliate already, like here's how you can become an affiliate as well. And affiliates got like special bonuses, like they got a sneak peek at the at the lineup, for example, so they could write their posts ready to go. We weren't just expecting everyone, like come that Monday of launch day to get the information at the same time as everyone else. Like they were organized, they were prepped. They were, I think somebody, I think it was Gus actually, Gus from Atomic posted about Atomicon before we had a chance to post about Atomicon because <laughs> we had prepped everyone and they were all ready to go. <laughs> exactly. So um, yes, affiliates is also something that you can do. And yeah, you know, everyone can do that to, to some degree. So yes. think about affiliates and how you can help your best supporters promote you even more and get some incentive on that. Some people don't want the affiliate income. They just want to help you. So the whole idea with the, you know, click here to be a promoter, it just kind of ties into that. 
Another thing we did was we reached out to communities in advance and we asked them again if they would like to help us promote Atomicon. And for some communities that had a particularly big audience, we even gave away a free ticket or uh, allowed them to enter a competition to win a free ticket. So we said, anyone want to go to this event, put your name and email address in here, and then one person will win. And then all the people that didn't win, we would email and say, hey, you didn't win, but do you want a ticket? And here's a special bonus or addition, just because you are friends of this community. And so that is also really, really cool. You can sell a lot based on communities. And if you know lots of communities, then that's great. We actually made a list of all the communities we knew. And then we also did a research piece on all the communities that might help us. And we reached out to them in advance. And we reached out to like, I don't know, maybe another 50 communities that would potentially help us. Not all of them did, but at least we asked and we got a few that really helped push some sales. It's a great way to actually build relationships with other people. If you have something fun or exciting, like uh, like a book launch or, a, a, or an event or just something that like gets people together, it's a really cool way to reach out. I think that's what one thing we do like about events is that it feels exciting to promote. It's not like a course or something like that, which doesn't feel quite as exciting to invite your community to. Yeah. So anything exciting, definitely don't think I've got no in with that community. So I cannot like even ask them, like ask people. It's a really cool way to like make new connections within your industry. Okay, what else do we have here? Oh yes, so we created a, um, a copy paste document basically that had a ton of different posts, had a ton of different tweets, had email copy, had LinkedIn copy, had Facebook copy, it had links to all the different graphics. This one's always really interesting to me actually because I always think people won't use it for some reason. <laughs> I think especially people that are very particular about their brand voice or like a good writers themselves. I always feel like they would just write it themselves, but the amount of people that use that copy always surprises me. So it's something we do every single launch. Yeah. Um, just make it easy for your make promoters it... to just copy, paste. Here's a graphic, boom, go. Yeah. Also, don't give them too much choice. We've had that mistake before. Like, here's a hundred graphics. Like, pick one. <laughs> they, just want, they just want one, one graphic or two graphics or something. A few different sizes, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Right. We also got our speakers to help promote and commit to promoting in the launch period. And we asked them in advance to do that. And for you, if it's not an event and you don't have speakers, like who else is involved with the program? Who else is potentially a collaborator? Uh, who else can you ask to promote this for you? Just a, a point on that, because we've spoken at quite a few events and we don't think event organizers do a very good job as a whole at actually getting their speakers involved in the launch. So again, we tell our speakers, and this is the whole purpose of like having things locked down in advance. So you have to know who your speakers are, <laughs> firstly, in advance, and getting them committed to doing something. So we're not just saying like, hey guys, this is our launch week, would you help us? We'll say like, hey guys, this is the launch week, we're gonna do a big push around the event, we're gonna announce you, we're gonna introduce you to all of our audience. Do you have time in your promo schedule to help us? The lead come back and say, yes, I do. 
or they'll say like no sorry like that's busy either is completely fine with us we're not forcing any speakers to promote atomicon on our behalf i know some of the virtual events do that and it's not really our our thing but we always ask them and when they say yes we'll say great what can you do specifically like for us email is always best best way of selling tickets can we get on your email schedule if not like what do you have and we'll probably have looked at the speaker's social um, profiles already and we'll know which the most engaged ones are. And if they're really good on LinkedIn, we'll ask specifically, like, can we get on your LinkedIn schedule? Can we get on your Instagram schedule? Yes. In advance. And we've got that written down. And then we can ask them, hey, do you need any help with that? Can we help create copy for you? Can we help get you like a specific video? Some of our speakers asked for like, the pro they wanted the promo video to post. They wanted to be able to cut it down and put it on TikTok or that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. You also did Instagram Lives during the week as well with speakers, with friends, with promoters, with people that we knew had good communities, good audiences. Just anyone and everyone that would help us promote it, get it in front of their audiences. So we, again, booked that in advance so that the lives would happen during the launch week, during key days. And obviously, we could talk about Atomicon during that week. Yes, we did a big email campaign. Email for us, best way to sell products and services. Definitely event tickets, definitely memberships, definitely programs. So we did pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> what does anything else people could sell? You can sell. <laughs> I was going to say something rude. I'll keep that one to myself. <laughs> we did a warm up campaign first. So we told people it was coming and when to expect the lineup announcement and when to expect the offer. And again, in that warm-up campaign, which was usually about two weeks, you don't want to go too far back or people will forget about it. But in that two weeks before, we were getting people to click on a link to say, I'm interested, like, tell me more about this. And I think they got an automated email as well sent to them after they clicked and got that tag. Um, it was just like an Atomicon waitlist tag. And so people knew when the tickets, when the price was going to go up, they knew when the lineup was going to be announced. So come launch day, they were ready and... It wasn't a surprise. It wasn't a surprise. Some people like, and you were going, if they were going to not be at work that week, had it in their diary to like check in and make sure that they got the ticket at the best price once the lineup was announced. And then in launch week, we do a five-day email campaign. So we're emailing every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then three emails on Friday. And also Monday and Wednesday, we are doing separate emails to our promoters as well to tell them like what's going on and just remind them and get them everything that yeah. they need. So there's probably around like 10 to 12 emails going out in that launch week to various audiences. In every email, we have a little opt-out button at the bottom that doesn't unsubscribe them from the whole list. It just says, hey, if you're really not interested in Atomicon, don't want to hear about this anymore, click here. You won't be unsubscribed from the full list. You just won't hear about Atomicon. So we're not annoying people that like can't make Atomicon or events have that thing or that kind of thing. But I think this is probably the biggest thing that people, when we're working with them, say on, like, on our Rebels program, are reluctant to do, like over email. And as long as we're given that like opt-out button, it's never really been an issue for us. We've never really had complaints and says, hey, you're emailing us too much. 
I've never even seen RN subscribes drop. Like, obviously, they okay. always will drop during any kind of launch increase. campaign. Increase. Yes. Never yeah. seen RN unsubscribes increase. Yes. yes. They always will increase a little bit, but it's not like crazy where we're losing like our list to a point yeah. of we're not going to do this anymore. I think people are understanding like if it's hey there's a sale on till Friday and you're talking about something till Friday they can be a little bit more lenient you know they're, they're understanding that you're going to promote this harder this week and then after this week it's going to return to normal two emails a week that are valuable or mm-hmm. three emails whatever it is. I think that's a good point actually we've done that legwork amongst like coming up to the launch we have been emailing our list regularly great content so when we do have something to sell they are more willing to consider actually buying something from us where if, like that's all you're doing like sell 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 you're gonna annoy people quickly yeah yeah okay next thing we did we had three of the most common objections and what we did was in every single email of those five to twelve of that week we at the very bottom had hey are you like can you not make it because of the following objections we didn't use those words and then we had three objections like hey i can't get to the location or it's too expensive or i don't know if this event is right for me so three three of the most common objections and people could click on those objections so go just a little hyperlink and what that would do is it would trigger an email automation, which would email them a pre-wrote email, which said, hey, if you're not sure it's right for you, like here's some more information that might help you make a better decision. Feel free to email us, tell us your situation, and you know, that kind of thing. For the people that said it's too expensive, we actually offered them a payment plan as well. So we're like, hey, it's too expensive. Well, look, like it's, you know, it's a lot of value to come to this event. You're going to get a great return. You're going to learn like the world's best sales and marketing advice. It's going to be awesome. However, we understand maybe there's sometimes a bit of a cash flow issue. So if you can't afford it, like right now this week, here's a payment plan option. It's broken down into these monthly installments. Like, do you want it? And over 25 pe- 25% of the people who said it was too expensive actually ended up paying on that payment plan when they were offered it, which is pretty awesome. We were chuffed with that. So it's a really, really simple way to just increase the effectiveness of your emails and maximize those people in your audience more. Because if you're not getting people onto a sales call, you can't handle the objections. You know, they're just going to be like, oh, I can't afford it. And then they're just going to ignore the rest of your campaign completely. But just you could handle that objection quite simply by saying, oh, hey, well, you you might not have known this, so you might not have considered that, or did you know that actually these types of people go? Uh, so just to make sure it, it is right for them, we are going to get a return, uh, or they can afford it because of the payment plan or whatever. Yes, and we're being proactive about those objections as well. Like, we're not waiting for them. We've probably got, well, we had like three main ones that we knew were going to come up. It was price it was location and it was i'm not sure if it this is event is right for me and we handled those proactively rather than waiting for people to think that on that point as well we also had an exit intent on the sales page so if people weren't coming from email they were coming across the sales page during some of the other content that was going out 
we had an exit intent, which is actually, depending on when you are listening to this, if you are listening to this as it's going out live or in the next few months, it probably will still be on there. If you go to the Atomicon sales page, try to leave it, there's an exit intent that asks them, and they click on it, it asks them, what is your objection? And we try to like solve that objection for them. So that worked really well. On the sales page itself as well, we did a ton of work on it. So we did loads of iterations of it. We got our team to check it out. We got potential clients to check it out. We got people that we trusted to look at it and give us honest feedback. And we put a lot of work into like getting it awesome and getting it rocking and making sure it got across how great the event was and making sure it stood out amongst the other events out there in the market. And then even during launch week, we were making tweaks yeah. based on feedback. Not like massive tweaks, but just small things like this isn't super clear. Someone's got a question about that. I must have missed it on the sales page. We're just making like little tweaks. Yeah. Yeah. Next okay, thing couple more was things. <laughs> social posts across all platforms. Now, this is almost towards the end of the listing. To be honest, like it's about getting the awareness, getting the hype, but like how much of an impact just social has by itself is debatable. So this is why, you know, combined with everything, it all packs a massive punch together. So social posts, it's not the it's not the only thing. And I think sometimes people just rely on social posts. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard to sell directly from social posts. Also you don't know the impact it has because someone might see it and then a few days later might go, you know what, I'll buy that now. And, and you can't track that. So, the you know, it's hard to measure the return on it. But you do want to talk about it because if people are going to be checking you out and maybe they've heard about you from other places and they're coming to check you out, they need to see that you're promoting it. So we would do social posts every day, utilizing all of the features. So on Instagram, you know, we want a reel. We want carousels. We want pinned posts. We want stories, we want highlights, we want everything geared up towards it, changing the the, uh, the bio and the link so that it talks about Atomicon, that everything's geared towards whatever you're selling in that moment. And, you know, post across everything, like your Pinterest, your random Twitter that you forgot about, your LinkedIn, even though you're not post on there for years, like just post on them, you might as well. Yes. And then... In addition to all that, what we also had was a messenger bot that was active on Instagram. So we said, I think, what was the trigger word? Like flash, flash. or something. Flash. <laughs> right, I don't know if that was the best word, but we basically said, hey, uh, here's a post about Atomicon. It's awesome, you should come. If you've got any more questions or you want more information, comment with the word flash and we'll message you, we'll DM you more information. What that actually was, was an automated messenger bot when we used a tool called ManyChat to set that up. So we had set up in ManyChat a tool that would, if triggered by the keyword flash, would send people more information and ask them like what they want, what information do they want? So like, here's the link to the event, the website. Um, do you want to hear about the speakers? Do you want to know about the payment plan? Like what, what do you want to know? And they could interact with that and get what they needed, or we could hop in and, you know, continue that conversation with them. We had that for our stories, our reels, our carousel posts, and it just enabled a few more sales to come in from those those areas as well. 
Yes. Final thing we did was, well, there's probably more that we can think about. I, <laughs> but I One of the most important things that we've done, and especially going forward, is we've segmented our audience. So we use ActiveCampaign, but you can do this on pretty much any email service provider. And we know in ActiveCampaign, we use the pipeline feature of ActiveCampaign. So we know who's a previous ticket holder of any of the previous Atomicons that hasn't got the ticket for the, ne the next one. We know who registered for the wait list. We know who clicked to check it out at any point during the launch. And by doing this, we can make our, our emails and our messages just a little bit more targeted. So it feels a little bit more personal than it would be if we were just like blanket emailing everyone. So that's another thing that we did. And that's also gonna allow us to continue to sell Atomicon up until the actual date. So as you can see, like I said at the very beginning, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of stuff that goes on when doing a launch. We used a mix of like Asana, but just sometimes Google Docs. Google Sheets. It's Google Sheets. Our team sometimes hates us, but we always seem to somehow default back to Google Sheets, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> just like tracking all the tasks and what's, who's doing what and when it's all happening. But we have that kind of plan in place so we know. And yeah, it wasn't, there's always going to be things that, curveballs that come your way when doing any kind of like big event like this, having a bit of contingency time is important. Going to the wire on certain things is important. I don't think any launch has ever been super like 100% smooth. There's always something. There's always something. Or but, something that takes longer than you think. Yeah. But having some kind of plan in place like this, so you know roughly like what weeks and what days things are happening to get all of this kind of stuff done, I think is what separates like successful launches from non-successful launches. Yeah. Just one more thing that we did as well wow. that okay. could help you is to utilize slash hire someone specifically for your launch mm -hmm. to help you through that period. So we actually did this. We actually hired someone to help us implement all of this stuff mm -hmm. to make sure it all got done in track, keep us to account on everything as well. Because when it's a lot of work and you're by yourself, even with us, we're, we're technically like by ourselves in that sense. So having someone to keep us to account was it with it all was really really handy and you don't have to hire someone like full-time you could hire someone just for that like two months where you're building up for your launch and they can help you maybe get maybe like a tech VA or an operations person or a marketing person or a copywriter and they can just help you with like the setting up of like the email automations or the messenger bot or the you know writing the email copy for you or creating the graphics for you for your affiliates Little things like that can just save you a big chunk of time and it might be worth the investment of that in advance of you making the, the launch sales. Yes. Well. All right, guys. If you are watching live and you've got any questions or you've got any comments on any of that, then now is the time to let us know in the chat. Post them down there so we can give them a read. If you are listening to this on the replay or on the podcast player and you've got any questions about this, about launching, about selling, then please do let us know in the group. We are here to answer any of those questions. Yes. yes. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to Atomicast. Woo-woo!